whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. All right, guys, welcome back to the Women in Gridiron podcast, episode three. This is Mojo Sports, and I am joined once again by the best panel in the business. Unfortunately, I've got no Beck tonight, but I do have Bliss and I've got Christy. And this week on the show, we're jumping straight into the Gridiron West competition, looking straight into the West Coast Wolverines and their players uh, and season so far. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We hit. If you think it's only a man's game, well, you're sadly mistaken. Football is the exact opposite. Women can be aggressive. They can be physical. All right, guys, this is the huddle where we take a deeper look into some of the teams from around the country. And tonight it's all about the West Coast Wolverines. And Bliss, uh, we had a quick look over a couple of their games, and um, you know what? What do you think of the of the talent of the Wolverines so far? Um, but yeah, they've got some big girls that hit hard. Coming back perspective and looking at, I always look at the defense to try to pick out which girls run fast or hit hard. Um, um, but yeah, I've definitely there's definitely some girls to watch. Western Australia is the one to watch, I think. We've got a lot of athletes there. We've got a lot. Uh, I think that's where we've got a lot of teams actually now coming through. Um, so the depth in those teams is starting to come through as well. So um, I actually am really enjoying watching their season. Keeping an eye out, I am. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and let's sort of, let's jump straight into looking um, at their, uh, at their season. So Previously, they, they came into the league about 2017. Um, they've had three years with no finals. And what I find really interesting about that is, you know, last year they had a, you know, a total points for uh, of about 80, 74 points. And already this year, we're in, they're in game round four and they're already surpassed, surpassed that. So they're on track for a good sort of season. I guess when you see a team that hasn't made finals in that, like for that long, the motivation behind it is, is just different. You know, it just feels a little bit different and you come in with a little bit extra drive. And, and I think that that's what these guys have done this year. Absolutely. I'd agree. Um, it, we've, all, we've all been there. We've all lost a, uh, an important game or even a grand final. And uh, they're probably the ones we remember. They're always the ones I remember more so than the ones we win. But um, it, leaves, it, it leaves that fire a bit. Um, and it starts to build when when um, it's in consecutive years. But also, um, I suspect the team's just maturing. Um, they're get, getting more experience um, in the game. People are probably finding what their their uh, positions really are and starting to take hold of those because I find that's how, how teams mature. They're less thinking and more naturally doing is what I find um, when people start playing a bit more automatically, a bit more naturally, um, they really start to progress. So it's good to see that that's happening for them. Yeah, and, you know, we, uh, we all jumped on and we, we watched the live stream um, versus the Perth Broncos. Now, I don't want to go too much into the game itself, but um, what was really good to see was that it was their pride round. 
And as far as I was concerned, they actually did it really well. You know, they kept mentioning, um, you know, look at those rainbow flags fly, you know, for, for penalties and things like that. So, you know, there was merch. It, it just it just looked like it was a really good environment. And for the first time, I think GW encompassed the whole league as their pride round. So this has previously been an initiative between the Wolverines and the Broncos. Um, but personally, I would kind of like to see almost every state kind of get behind something like this. I mean, being the only, you know, lesbian representing on the panel right at the moment i mean it just makes me feel like i mean football is a place that i felt at home for a long time but uh you know i've experienced homophobia in this league um and just seeing like this it just makes me happy yeah i i loved it i thought that was awesome even the advertisements in halftime um were around a great initiative i think it's you're welcome or you are welcome here, um, which I thought was a fantastic community uh, initiative anyway. So it's it's good to see that they're having um, that they're taking those community things and bringing them forward. Um, and I know that a lot of leagues have done different sort of fundraising um, rounds and um, breast cancer awareness ones with pink socks and things like that. So um, I think this is a great initiative that every league should look at um, including as well, given um, the participants of our sport being um, um, you know, from all different sexual orientations. So, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Well done. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I reckon um, bring it into all states would be great. Um, definitely going to mention it to uh, Gridiron Victoria for sure. Um, we have done the uh, breast cancer, but, again, along with this, I reckon it's a good cause to sort of represent as well. So let's 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 have a look a little bit into this team. Um, you know, they're coached by Ben Giff, who is very highly regarded across the league. Um, you know, he likes the, the ethos for the club is is actually quite simple when you think about it. You know, um, they've got the men's, the juniors, and their and their women's and their senior squads. Um, and they're different squads, different ages, different people, but we are all one team. We are all Wolverines. And I actually really like that statement because of how simple it is and how much it actually encompasses. Um, the different types of players that we get in our sport. And I guess when we're talking about players, I want to throw this straight to you, Christy. I want, I want to talk through their offense, um, you know, because there's some talent there. Um, you know, I really like the look of their quarterback, Taz. Uh, she's number seven. Uh, she looked pretty com comfortable back there. Um, you know, she's got great build. I think that there's uh, definitely some, some areas that we can look at, um, not from a critical standpoint, just as things that we've noticed. Um, and Christy, what, what were some of your thoughts around that? Yeah, so obviously, um, given my background and my history in playing, I tend to look at the backfield, so the quarterback and the running back um, very much so. And what I got excited about is there is a lot of potential here. So these girls, these girls are great. And there's some things that I see having played 10 years versus, you know, three years for this team um, is a vast different um, experience there, but some little things that would really see their potential, then really come into their potential. And that being, and it's something that is often overlooked, particularly early, but um, because so many people are worried about pass play and repping those pass plays and practicing those pass plays. But one thing that I find that um, can be an absolute game changer is that mesh point, getting that mesh point right between RB um, and QB. Now, um, I understand that this is um, not their starting RB was playing, um, number 19. Um, oh, what a ball runner, though. She was she was fantastic. Oh, she was great, um, wasn't she? Number 19. Yeah. Uh, just for the record, I think that's Jenna Jordan. Um, yes. 
Yeah, she. Yeah, what usual, a beast! She's such a beast. They, they're, uh, they're starting running back. Um, didn't play today, but she's scored a majority of their points for the last of the season. Mm. And, and yeah, so I, I mean, for the fact that she's just stepping in. Um, yeah. Great job. Great job. And and that's a good point. You know, you got to have all your um, your depth chart practicing these things. So that mesh point, and you could you could tell whilst the mesh point was well enough for them to get those handoffs away. If you if QBs and RBs really work on that, it's, and it's not it's always as always it's not as simple as oh you just turn around and hand off to to the person sitting next to you. There's an art to it, and once you get that art, if you can go into that mesh point without even looking at each other, just instinctively knowing that that uh, depending on the play, whether it's an inside run, outside run, whatever it is, um, that they are going to be there then it gives you so much more time back. And that leads, which will be my next point, and I'll probably make a little bit later about what we're reading in front of us. So um, I know when I've gotten to a good point with my QB and I make them rep with me, whether they like it or not, um, that mesh point. Um, so I know that with consistency, I can um, get there to that mesh point and we can both honour that mesh point without even looking at each other and being able to have our eyes up and reading what's in front of us. And it just creates so much time. It means you're able to usually by the time I'm getting to the mesh point I'm now reading the secondary not yeah, just exactly. the, the O-line so, exactly and, yeah. and it's it's and one I, of those like like the, the mesh point and and you know the process of taking the ball from the snap as a quarterback bringing it into your center and bringing mm -hmm. it back out for that mesh point like I see so many young quarterbacks just get the ball and just we're chucking it straight out or Correct. we're holding it wrong or you know it, it just the more that you can rep those one percenters, it just opens up the game completely. Agreed. And what it actually does when you start practicing those things over and over again, it actually causes the quarterback to have a more consistent footwork um, with those handoffs and same with the, R the RB or the running backs first couple of steps and their angles. So, um, and then you guys get consistent and you have to, pr I practice that um, if it doesn't matter uh, uh, who you're you're repping him with with a quarterback. Um, at state, I had a left-handed quarterback and a right-handed quarterback. We had the privilege of having two quarterbacks. It meant that the same play was totally done, totally different for that quarterback. So, yeah, you have to. It's just it's just one little thing that um, even if you're the secondary or the third string running back, if you practice those, will give you so much time. You can you can make those reads a lot better. And I can see so much potential in that. Just giving them time back there. Again, and talking about giving them time, let's, uh, let's chat. Liz, I know we spoke um, offline about number 56 uh, on the O-line. She, uh, Her name's Fetu uh, Overend, and, man, she was a bit of a beast. Yeah, yeah. So I always say, coming from a coaching perspective, I'm always saying that like the O-line has to set the tempo for everybody else. They go in hitting hard, then everyone else is going to pick up their aggression because everyone thinks that, you know, offense doesn't have to, can't hit hard, but they actually can. So um, she was definitely a beast, definitely someone that has, looks like has, she has the knowledge um, all around in the O-line. I reckon this team, as uh, Christy said, has so much potential um, repping with only 13 girls, repping the girls that don't normally play those positions. Like I'm pretty sure I saw some D-line jump in there as well to yeah, help out yeah. the O-line. Chucked in them in, yep, exactly. Yeah, so you know, repping both O-line, D-line together, making, you know, no all positions. But all of a sudden them. you increase your depth chart, right? Like if you, I mean, it's not, it's not an ideal situation to have to play both ways, but in situations mm -hmm. where you have minimal numbers, 
being able to play the opposite side of the ball, one, it gives you so much more perspective for what you're coming up against and you learn so much. But two, you're also an extra body that can do yeah. the bare minimum to get the job done. But um, for running back, I actually repped in um, and learned some linebacker and I was surprised at what I could and couldn't see. I didn't know at that point because I had never had that point of view. So it, it allowed me to mess with linebackers a little more. <laughs> In terms of uh, you know the rest of the rest of the offense there yes. for, for the Wolverines, we um you know their receivers they're they're only sixteen, they're so tiny rookie rookies Oakley Jones and Harry Webzell only uh, and can I just mention that Kerry who was number eight also was playing safety um, for the game that we watched and I have to tell you my highlight for that game was that open field tackle that she made that was the breakaway I think it was in the first half breakaway run I mean mm -hmm. she was probably about five yards out from scoring and 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 Oakley's just come out of nowhere yeah, and it was the perfect the angle straight out the sideline yeah. and I'm like that's how you yeah. do it and, and and now that I know that she's 16 come on man like wow man to be, start playing this game at 16 what a privilege right it's definitely I had that down as one of my my like effort points but she came across field like the effort and the endeavor not to give up and made that nice looking tackle was just amazing and then finding out she's 16 I've known a couple of girls that I've played with um that are 14 16 just they have no fear these young girls which is no, great to see it's great yeah to see. <laughs> so Lisa, I, sort, I sort of wanted to talk to you just a little bit about um an offensive kind of concept so uh you know the Wolverines, they were running a lot of like the spread formation. So, you know, you've got your balanced receiver sets, two on each side for anyone that doesn't actually know what a spread formation is. Um, and out of that, you know, their playbook package with a lot of tosses, a lot of speed option, very few strong A-gap runs. I guess what I wanted to ask you from a coaching perspective is what's the advantage of building your offensive playbook around that spread formation? Well, essentially, it says it in the name, so it's spread. We're spreading the field. So we're wanting the defense to then spread as well. So they're going to give us so many lanes. So depending on the type of run that we want to do, like with I was writing these little plays down while I was watching, like they could have done like a counter, um, getting the middle linebacker to come across and then they cut back quick so the O-line can seal in. Like the outside running is great or jets, jet sweeps as well for more the outside running to get the wide receivers involved. Again, that moves your defense. So if you do like a misdirection with like a, a sweep or like a jet. Yeah, absolutely, Bliss. Um, and I, we've all been there when um, we've been in our first few years of playing and, um, you know, we often start in the spread formation because of that. It spreads the defense as well. But as we said, we've uh, even just by their results, we can see this team's maturing. And um, one thing that nobody um, knows better than myself um, in the backfield is what that O-line, the work that they do. Um, and I, I would like to see some of those from the backfield rewarding that, that O-line a bit because um, uh, obviously how it works is offense has the advantage. They know where the ball's going they know whether it's going to be a run or a pass play the defense has a disadvantage so the defense does everything they can to to negate that so they either cheat or they anticipate or they do both and because it was a lot of outside running and that is very tempting in nine aside to just get on the outside and, and use your jets or in this side use their power but to me um 
uh, the the running backs and even um, number ninety nine who came in as a wildcat um, and well, did a gr- yeah. great job as well. Yeah, yeah. What was her name? You've got her name. I do. Her name is number ninety nine, Sarah Asham. With the way that um, those running backs in the wild and out in the wildcat formation, how they run. I mean, they they are downhill runners and they can do it all. Obviously, I saw them. Um, uh, being able to step and they can move, but they are definitely default. They are downhill runners, and I'd love to see them go up the, that A gap and just um, uh, meet those linebackers at five yards and then carry them to eight. So Sarah, she, yeah. she, she was she's also a linebacker, and uh, yeah, you know, and and you know, because we've got that really convenient segue of moving straight into the defense. I did just want to really chat about um, there's there's a such an interesting player scenario that's happening on this team so uh so their d-line is actually made up um of one of our guests that was going to be on tonight uh desiree and she actually filled me in on on some of these and so uh they've got on the d-line they've got des they've got losse and they've got dixie now dixie dixie is a grandmother and she's the grandmother of the safety who was oakley who we were speaking about number eight right the grandmother, and I and I have to say, we've seen mother-daughter combinations in the past, but this is this is the first I'm ever hearing of a grandmother and granddaughter situation. First of all, does that not just prove to a point that age doesn't matter? And two, how amazing is it that we can just have those two age groups represented in the same team? Well, who's going to love this more than me who dropped that truth bomb about my actual age? And I say I'm 25 because that's what I tell my body, but I'm not. So uh, Dixie has just just blown my mind here and uh, is officially the coolest grandma I've ever heard of. (laughs) It's unreal. But what I was going to say is I actually noticed how strong their tackling fundamentals were. And also, um, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball, just how big they are. Like, I, I was kind yeah. of watching the game and I was like, like, I saw how big some of them were at Nationals. But, like, like number 99 looks like she, she looks like a female Marshall Lynch. I'm like, who is this woman? And I do not want to be touched by her because she is massive. Yeah. You know, they, they, they did end up getting through, uh, you know, the Perth Conference line. And they actually have made some solid work on, uh, you know, some – great QB pressures, not just last games, but across the season. Um, They've had a few defensive turnovers and things like that. So I think what they're doing from a defensive perspective is really good. And what I liked was Mm. how they were flowing with the play. So when we saw them run, um, you know, like a jet sweep where the, the, the play is designed to go to the outside, the defense was flowing and covering all their lanes. And, and it took, you know, the one time that they got a cutback, you know, and Christy and Bliss, you both, you know, love a good cutback. Um, but it's, it's a hard move to make as a rookie running back. But what I liked about the defense is they had their fundamentals uh, flowing so that the cutback was eliminated because they were, they were standing there, you know. And I just find it fascinating that, um, you know, such a young, young squad were able to do that pretty consistently throughout this season. I would second that. Um, you know, we always emphasise, you know, tackling techniques, the angles, and you could see that, what you're saying, Stace, is they were, you could see them moving together as one and then the gang tackles as well. Like they're not just one girl, there's multiple they're taking down down the player. Swarming. Which is, which that is swarm, great. Like swarm defense, are. right? Yeah. So when you yeah. are. You really want, I mean, and, and from a defensive perspective, it doesn't matter if you're on the other side of the field. If you can get nine hats to the ball, 
Like that's the most important thing because you never know when that cutback is going to happen. And then it's so important not to over pursue. So, you know, for any young linebackers, any young uh, DBs, any D line out there, you know, I guess the point of emphasis here is to not over pursue because you'll miss the opportunity for when one of these running backs will cut back in and, and, and hit you for a touchdown. All right, guys, just to round it off um, with our deep dive into the West Coast Wolverines, Christy, let me get your season prediction for these guys. With the way they're maturing and the potential that they have and um, the start to the season that they've had, I'm going to say they're playoff bound. Nice. I absolutely think they're in it. Are we, are we thinking like, like semis minimum? Yeah, but I think that they, they have the potential to go the whole way. I think they could be the upset. <gasps> but, yeah, definitely, definitely semis. Calling it early. Bliss, what's yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, definitely top four. Um, it would be good to see them as a full squad as well. Um, I put them down as 11 and four. So 11 wins, four losses. Um, Given that, you know, yeah. WA, they play a 15-round season, which to all of us over here who are, you know, sitting nice and pretty on our seven to eight games a year I mean wouldn't we all like to get over to Western Australia but right now but I'm gonna to have to go with both you guys I think these guys have definitely got some uh got some potential and I can see that this playbook can be expanded by at least threefold if they get their squad together um if they fix a couple of those issues if they get all they keep all their team healthy um I think they're yeah. on, on a good fire fire run um taking down you know they only, only lost to the Perth Broncos um so far so He's hoping they keep that up for the rest of the season. All right, guys, let's move into rapid fire. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, guys, this is rapid fire where we ask questions that we should only wrap up within a minute or so. So tonight... And I make these a minute or two because we could talk forever about these sorts of things. But tonight we've got our most memorable game for better or for worse. Bliss, we'll start with you. Most memorable game. Um, it would be two, uh, my 2018 season playing um, the Melbourne Uni Royals. Or oh, they yeah. used to call charges at the time. Unfortunately, our QB went down. Second QB was me. So playing, yeah. So playing as a QB um, was stressful. We were on um, our three-yard line. In the last two minutes, it was just a you know ten-yard run, stop the, to keep the clock rolling to to win. That was my memorable moment. Like it was just, um, but hey, undefeated season. Went to the championship season, all the way through to the big game and winning. Threw me back to that NFL Seahawks Super Bowl, what 2015, when they had were at the one yard line. Didn't end the same way. They should have given it to their running back, Marshawn Beast Mode Lynch, <laughs> and they didn't. Yeah. So I was getting nervous there when you tell that story. Now, Christy, you know, you must have some memorable, memorable games. Um, I can think of like five for you off the top of my head but I actually want to hear your version of, of what's your most memorable game for better or worse 
Well, similar to Bliss, um, I went to, uh, it's my most memorable because it was the most nervous I've ever been before a game. And it's a personal one because I have, I have had a long career and I have many beautiful uh, memories, but um, it has to be my debut for Chicago Force. Um, there's a photo of me just before the game um, and I'm standing in front of a white wall and I am whiter than that wall. I was feeling so sick. Um, I wish that nobody knew I was over there. I just had, because I had such a great support in Australia. Everybody was watching. And um, so it was my big debut. I was so nervous. Um, we came out, we had a great game. I had absolute dream debut. We won 84 nil. Um, it was an absolute sloshing and um, got nine carries for 219 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Now, that was the game that put me on the international football map. But anybody who asked me after that game, how'd you feel? Oh my God. All I could say was relieved. <laughs> was just relieved so yeah that uh, I'm a bit like bliss it was one of those um heart in your throat moments that I remember the most yeah and um thankfully paid off yeah wow I mean wow I mean I we were we were all watching like from Australia I remember just watching you and just being like oh my god it's pissy oh my god oh my god she's gone oh my god she's gone again like it was just next level and I'm like this was like it was so perfect and and congratulations to you for the, for you know your debut and, and that obviously is you know sparked a whole bunch of uh you know women wanting mm. to go over to the US so so that's yep. really good yeah yeah do it for sure and I guess we have to finish up with mine and I'm gonna throw back mine to uh 2018 with my first championship with the Lions um mm. we were we were fourth coming into playoffs we knocked out the number one um, and made it into the Oval Bowl. We lost pretty much all our games that season, bar the ones that mattered. We taking on the Rebels, you know, under the bright lights. And, you know, we played a really good game. I threw a pick six. It, it, that was not great for me. But I also did manage to get the interception that ended the game. Uh, we had a special teams return for touchdown that put us up in front. We had this mad goal line stand to keep the, keep the scores, you know, pretty close. And, and that team was something special. So first time in our... And our Lions colours, the first inaugural women's team, it was just something special. And, and those things that you don't sort of come across every day. And you know, I'll hold that in my heart for a long time. But that gave me goosebumps. I love, I love an underdog. And you essentially had two finals then, coming up against number one, knocking them off and then having to back up for uh, the actual final. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. And, you know, we'd lost our starting running back for that semifinal game. So it was just, you know, it was just one of those seasons that you look back mm. and go, how did we do that? All right, guys, that's all the time that we've got for tonight. I just wanted to thank my amazing panel for uh, signing on for a season and, and talking all things Gridiron and women in Gridiron and help spreading the word about the game we love. And to our listeners, we really hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode because if you did, can you just please share with your friends and family? Um, download, 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 because that's how we see you guys. Uh, check us out on the socials. We're on all platforms. Um, and until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. 
Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.